0: All right, how are you Jackson? Pretty good, how are you? I'm
1: good, this is uh, Empires of the Future, this is my third podcast this week. Well alright. Yeah, so I'm becoming a pro, just for this week though. <laughs> I was hoping you would. <laughs> Did the uh, Reforming Manhood one, that's the one that, was uh, like a vlog I guess, uh, but uh, it's, uh, it's me and a few guys from the bridge yep. church, and then me and a guy from Josh Jobs from, from here at Redeemer. Big sports guy, so we can talk about sports, and right? Talk about football, and, and that is and the, the
0: Rocky Top Bluegrass. Rocky, podcast. I'm a
1: big UT fan, <clears throat> school there, grew up He's a blue, he's a Kentucky fan, right? And that Bluegrass State, Rocky right. Top, you know that's how it works. Yep. And so, um, um, so yeah, but hey, that, this is the most. I think the most. This is. The, I'm gonna say this on This is the one I enjoy the most because hey. because I, I, it's we're dealing with some serious issues. And right, I think it's important stuff to discuss. And then to say that college football is fun, sure, and I enjoy it. But uh, this, this is this is important stuff that is, and this the article we're gonna talk about today is. I mean, it's a pretty controversial issue. It is, and uh, for a lot, of it's a it's a kind of an eggshell type of issue. Um, but it needs to be talked about I know and, and you kind of picked this up because dr. Moeller talked about it, right? Yeah, yeah, yes,
0: it's uh this is an article that is in our area of interest for multiple reasons um, n- Both of us have been running for a long time mm-hmm. uh, This this article and by the way.
1: High, did you run track in high school? I did.
0: Yeah. I did uh, This is called uh, the fastest girl in Connecticut. It's out of USA Today by Chelsea Mitchell And um, I, I think it would be good for us to start uh, so there are multiple Areas of interest. This is uh, an article about uh, transgender athletes in running, mm-hmm. uh, in, in track specifically in Connecticut. But both of us have a background in running. So I ran uh, in, started in junior high, yep. uh, started by running the mile. Uh-huh. Uh, I've always been uh, a skinny guy, and back then I was a very small guy. And so I started by running the mile when I got to uh, high school. I found out there was a two mile. Uh, yes, and so, uh, I Famously did that, call
1: it 3200.
0: right. The 3,200 right. meter yeah. run, uh, and the, the mile, which is the 1600 meter run. Yep. But before that, uh, I found out in high school, there was cross country yes. where you go outside and yes. run, uh, on just on, in, in fields it's and definitely whatnot.
1: Being more fun of the two. It's certainly, it
0: certainly is, especially for us distance runners. Yes. Um, for anybody who is not aware, uh, 3,200 meters is eight laps around a track. Yeah. Uh, running as Pretty fast boring. as you can. It's, <laughs> it's hot. It's, it's yes. uh, you know, this is a spring sport. A in lot most of, times of the tracks country. Are black. Yes, and, it's and so it's yeah. very hot. It's long. It's grueling. Uh, and then uh, so the one mile is uh, 1,600 is four laps yeah. uh, around the track. And so I did that, both of those cross-country and track all four years of high school and have continued to run yeah. um, throughout the rest of my adult life. Uh, what about you?
1: Yeah, so I started running track when I was in fourth grade. Really early on and ran like this kind of county youth sports and we had track as Mm -hmm. one of our sports, kind of as a spring and like early summer type of sport. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did the, uh, well, first off did like the 100 meter and did like the 400 meter and then they did the 800 meter, Uh but then eventually kind of grew further out and started doing the longer distance and then did the 3200, did the 1600 and the 800 all and yeah, all, wow. all in one kind of meet and and uh, I, I was really good at it. I was like one of the best in the county and, this, and that we were in. And uh, at that time, when I was young, I was like eleven or twelve. They had a the state of Tennessee actually had a youth up to adult kind of like amateur track huh. like festival. Yeah. You had to qualify in your region, and then you went to the state. And mm-hmm. I got like fourth in the state. Wow. In, at like 11, I think. Yeah, at, uh, in, the, in the mile. In the mile? In the mile.
0: What was your time? Do you remember?
1: Uh, at that point, I think I was running like 540, I think.
0: Okay. I How think old were you? I was like
1: a 10. I was like 10, yeah. yeah. Like 540. You I were 10, years old, 10 oh. years old. then 10 years old. And then, of course, um, I ran cross country in middle school. We moved to Virginia. Mm-hmm. Did, did country. We didn't have track um and i was a better track i was better at track i was because i was uh i was i i was a pretty f- i was a pretty fast runner mm-hmm. and uh, co- co- uh, uh cross country was a little bit further out sure. range wise like right. you're getting into 5ks th- right right three miles yeah. and it's more it is a long distance run well the mile is more of a middle distance type run if you put it in with the mile right. two mile and the 5k mm-hmm. and the 10,000 so um, but anyways, I ran track in, in high school as well, and I did eventually break five minutes. I think I ran like a four forty once in the mile right. in high school. But uh, but yeah, so I never was as good in high school as I was when I was younger. <laughs> Dream was to run in college. <laughs> uh, I had dreams when I was a little kid to drum, run the Olympics. I thought I was that good because <laughs> I, I was I won a lot of races and right. stuff. But uh, you know my legs. I, I got I got taller, but my legs stayed shorter, and okay. I didn't ever have that long stride. Yep. And I was never a long strider, and so so yeah. And so people caught up to me.
0: Yeah, and that's a man. It's a peculiar thing through, uh, say, late elementary school, junior high, high yeah. school, because certain boys would uh, mature yes. earlier and yeah. get fast. Yes, I mean. It's it's really wild that you could see somebody had, like, changed over the summer. Yeah. But then it's one thing to see it. Yeah. It's another thing to get on the track and see, like, sure. that guy is running 20 seconds faster in a mile right. than he did last year. And I think that
1: – so in our – in Memphis, I was running in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, the fastest guy in our area in high school ended up getting a full scholarship at Colorado. Yep. Yeah. And uh, he was very fast. He ran – his mile time was, like – Four fifteen. Yeah, I mean, he didn't even start running track until he got to high school. Right. Um. So I never. I didn't. We were the same age. So I never saw him when I was younger. Yeah. So I didn't compete against him when I was younger. Right. I I competed when in high school when he was really good and right. had gotten really good. Mm-hmm. Um. And a few other guys in our area that were really really fast were all guys that started running track when they got to high school. Mm-hmm. Um. And so their development was kind of a short little. Extent right. where like I was running like when I was ten, right, and it was successful then. But then, yeah, my my, you know, I I just wasn't as fast. I couldn't, I couldn't, pu- I could, I just literally could not move the needle. Even though I trained just as much as anyone else did, uh, I never really was able to push further where I was getting into like the four thirties and the four twenties and stuff. And I understand like coaching is a part of that, but like eventually your body just does not allow you to go right. that fast. There's a reason right. why some. Some people are faster than others just because their bodies their capacities are just bigger than others and so I just could not push myself. My body would not let me go that
0: fast. Right. No, some right. It's um so, for instance, things you No, what was learn... your best
1: 5K? Sorry. What was your best 5K?
0: Uh, my best 5K was like 18, 18. Okay. Um, okay. My best mile was 512. Yeah, uh, that And yep. I, was, I think I was a junior maybe. Um, so you'll be impressed with this because at one time, this, twice, twice, I broke 18 in the 5K. Really? Great. Right. So
1: once I got a 17, 18, but I never did it more than once. Yeah. I did it one time where I yeah. got a low 17. Right. Uh, and then I broke 18 another time. I was gonna 17 40s or 50s, mm-hmm. but I never consistently did it. Yeah, we had guys in our area that were that broke 16.
0: Yeah, in their 5K. And
1: that's incredible. Right. Yes, and, and there is <laughs>
0: when you get to that distance, there's a lot of um, a lot of space. I mean, you're talking about three miles. So there's there's a lot of, a lot of space. There, there are guys who are finishing around. Uh, say, 15, 16 minutes right. at a decent-sized meet with, say, three to five teams. There there are large meets where you'll have more than, you know, you'd have 15 teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when you get out of state, you have 30 teams. Right. Um, but then uh, when you're at, obviously at shorter distance races, you know, in, in the mile, uh, the winner, even at, you know, uh, at, the winner at your local meet will be, say, Eleven sec. I'm sorry. When you get to a hundred meter dash, the winner would be at like eleven seconds, and, right. and the last place guy would be at like twelve five. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, and right. so you, you have that, or you know, something like that. So um, when you lose, you don't lose by a ton. But right. But then Ks, when you get a five k, yeah. when you get a three mile race, there's a lot more space. Now uh, there is a point to going on about this because invol- when you're involved in. Um, Running, especially track. Yeah. Now, track is very different from cross cross country because a lot of different body types are present yeah. in track. Right, um, you could uh, depending on the activity. And stuff right. right, and I you know. can see guys getting off of the bus, and you can tell who's going to throw the shot put right. generally. Right. Big old guy. Right, I mean, this right, guy's you know right. two two seventy. He's not there to run. Right. He's there to use his muscles And the discus. You know, same right. same idea. But then, um, your sprinters tend to have big muscular legs. Right. Shorter at times. Right. Bigger. Yeah. And know, and not only big muscular you say, legs, but big muscular. Big is muscular. In the sense
1: that he was tall mm-hmm. and he kind of ran like an antelope. I mean, he just had long strides and he just took up so much ground. Yep you know, with his strides and that's why he was so successful as a sprinter mm-hmm. but typically your sprinters are sh- shorter and they're sh- they got strong legs and they mm-hmm. have small small steps mm-hmm. that they're just fast over a 100 meter distance
0: hey. he was a unique case right but still uh, his his muscle mass yeah, uh, yeah. plenty of yeah. muscle mass <laughs> whereas your typical distance runner is is built like me right. very skinny, uh, very small frame because you, over long distance, you don't want to carry carry very much weight. weight. It's, uh, you deal with a lot of wear on joints and the less weight you're carrying. Um, and also just the type of muscle you're using. Uh, the type of muscle that, that I have, is built for endurance, yeah. uh, not for speed. Right. And so uh, the more muscle mass you have in general, and for those, you know, I, it's funny to think about, this is a little bit of a specialized topic because I'm sure some people who are listening to this aren't runners. Right. Um, but these are things that you become pretty aware of uh, over the course of years involved in watching people run because you watch when you're at a track meet and you're running a race, you pretty much have to watch every race because you're keeping track of when you're gonna be up. Mm-hmm. And and it's cool because you get to see all different sorts of, um, you know, so for instance, somebody with very little muscle mass is also not a good jumper. Right. Your jumpers have to have bouncy uh, muscles. Now, they don't want to be super bulky. Right. um, But you have to have uh, high muscle mass to to do long jump, high jump, these sorts of things. That's Um, why
1: sprinters are really great long jumpers. Right. Hey, Carl Lewis, the great U.S. sprinter, was also a great long jumper. Right. His those body structures kind of go hand in hand.
0: Right. right, and and you just come to see these things. You see it. Right. Uh, these are these are just kind of rules. These are the way things right. work. Right. If you are around runners, especially in track, you're around different kinds of runners, and you see these sorts of things. And so uh, we say all this because uh, this is a story uh, by Chelsea Mitchell, who, who is a run, runner in Connecticut. And here's how she starts her story in USA Today. She says, quote, I'm crouching at the starting line of the high school girls 55 meter indoor race. This should be one of the best days of my life. I'm running the state championship, I'm running in the state championship and I'm ranked the fastest high school female in the 55 meter dash in the state. I should be feeling confident. I should know that I have a strong shot at winning. Instead, she writes, all I can think about is how all my training, everything I've done to maximize my performance might not be enough simply because there's a runner on the line with an enormous physical advantage, a male body. So Chelsea Mitchell is uh, is a a young lady who has been running. uh, I believe she is a senior at this point uh, there in Connecticut, ranked at the state level uh, first. But... This is a story about transgender athletes, and she is claiming very boldly, look, this is, this is not fair. This is not just for someone to be transgender and run as a female right. when the male body structure gives an advantage. Right.
1: Yeah, and... Uh you know as, as someone again who track is such an interesting sport because it's not a team sport it's a uh, it's an individual sport right. and so um, it's not like you have a lot of different variables that lead to a victory or loss it's one individual in a pretty simple competition right the object of mm-hmm. a of a sprint is to start whoever crosses the line first it's that simple. Yeah um and and so you train obviously you, you get body in shape you do workouts to increase your speed and and, and and especially for a sprint you're not worried about endurance you're just doing 55 yards right. but what's going on with with a, with something like that is you bring yourself that's all you can bring right, right to the uh to the meet and uh there's no equipment right it's not like you have right. some special golf clubs or something like that or, if you are where you are, and you, when the gun goes off, you go, and if there's someone that's running in your, in your group that has a male body, but it's a female competition, well, obviously there's a disadvantage. That, not everyone's playing on an equal playing field. Right. Uh, and that was, you know, that's the issue that people have had with steroids in baseball, is that some are operating with an unfair right. advantage, right. and so what do they do? They're trying to get rid of something because they want to have an equal playing field. Right. Which makes sense. You want an equal playing field. Right. Um, and I think, you know, I think the issue with this particular issue is you have in, in a culture that's saying, well, ginger is fluid. You, you know, if you identify with, therefore you are. Well, then, what, therefore, what – it creates a very complicated issue because, okay, let's just say for ex- that these, um, these boys that are identifying as girls – um, they don't identify as a boy, and therefore they want to be able to still compete. They're Like, well, you have to you have to be in the boys. Well, we don't we're not boys; we're girls. So who, someone is going to get um, someone's going to get an unfair advantage, or, or someone's going to be slighted. Right. And I think it's this weird scenario. It's like someone has to be an adult and say, "All right, well, based off your your um, your birth certificate." we have to go by your biological sex, mm-hmm. which is not fluid. Mm-hmm. Right? That is a, an objective fact. You are biologically what you are based off your chromosomes. Yeah. So therefore, we're just going to base that You can identify with whatever you want, but based off creating a pl- equal playing field, we have to go by this measure because it's the only objective measure we have yeah. except subjective identification. Yeah. I think that is fair. I think that is good. And I think... While, yes, you're telling these these boys that identify as girls that, hey, you can identify as girls all you want. But in this particular situation, you are not a girl. You are a boy. And if you want to compete in this track, in the state, Connecticut State track uh, events, you have to you have to compete as a boy.
0: So uh, pretty much
1: that's the way I think it has to be stated.
0: Right. It, it, there's a little uh, – so to give a little more background uh, – why is this such a big issue first of all it is not the case to say well every individual boy is faster than every individual girl right. that's just not true right. now if you are again familiar with people in running shape here's a here's just a basic fact uh, in the mile for instance on average you could say the the from the front of the back to the back of the pack, boys are going to be about a minute faster than girls. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so, for I instance. I think it's a
1: good a minute. I think the best girls in a typical high school track event is probably going to be low fives, right? Right. Then the guys are going to be low fours. Right. Like that's kind of how the, the separation is. But for a mile, a minute is an eternity. I mean, that's. Right. That's, that's almost an entire lap of the track.
0: Right. So, so again, uh, this, this is just helpful to have this really clear. Uh, for, for boys at the high school level, you could say 4.30. That, that's a good, okay, the boys will start finishing right that's there. Yeah. That's, that's a, And Yeah.
1: 4, 4.30, 4.40 is probably a mi- medium and, time. And yeah. then
0: the girls are going to, let's say 5.15 would yeah. be the average of when a girl... Uh, will typically finish at the high school level. Now, um, a little bit this is, look, if you were in a big city, uh, if you grew up in Chicago, there's a higher volume of better athletes, concentration of population. Right. I, I grew up in Harrisburg, Illinois. Uh, the, the data I'm giving is from the many, many yeah. track meets that I was at. You're in Memphis. That's, yeah. a, that's a stiffer competition, right, right. more concentration bigger, of population. Bigger, exactly. And so, yeah, it's probably true that then – Common was more people who are running lower fours right. in the mile, right. um, and and this to say uh, one thing just to know if you if you're not a runner, uh, look everybody's out of shape at the beginning of the season. But when people get into running shape, we'll this is what you level. see. Yeah, this is what you see yeah. every year. Right. This is pretty common. Now, for instance, then here's a very just straightforward way to to make this issue clear. I who who would average. Say 5.15, 5.25, let's just say five fifteen. Right. Okay, if that's if we're talking about boys, I am average. Right. Very much average. I never won the mile in right. a track. Right. Uh, in, in a meet in right. a track meet. Right. Uh, listen, for girls, I would have won. You would have won. Uh consistently, some track consistently meets. Won. Some track meets. Not everyone. You would have consistently I, won. Right. Yeah. And and why? Now, there, here's the we get to this question. Why is that? One, testosterone. Two, the male frame is built uh, to have more muscle mass. The the frame itself, right. uh, the way male hips right. are built, right. uh, the way... I mean, one of the stranger things that a lot of people don't realize is that... Um, Upper body strength actually matters in running because of the way you the pull, you pull yeah. balance right. through. Right. And, and, and shoulders, because right. your
1: shoulders, if they start to get heavy and, and weak, they start to drop, yep. and your whole body starts to come, you get out of your formation, your form, and you will run slower.
0: Right. Right. And, and I mean, so there are a lot of reasons why the, the female frame, in general, doesn't perform as well at running. Right. I mean, you could go down to things like, look, uh, female hips are broader. Uh, the, the very fact of physiological childbearing, that's going to make the female body work differently. Right. And the male body is built better for running. Right. And so for all of these reasons, and this is true, there is no race where this is not true, uh, that the, the fact of being male means in hurdles you're faster. You can jump a little bit quicker. I mean, this is not just even about kind of um, about like running over distance. Agility yeah. is, is based on yeah. the same idea. Bouncy muscles, right. springy muscles yeah. uh, give, right. give strength right. and they give agility right. uh, and, and even endurance. Right. Uh, so in every category, this is present. Um, now to continue her story, what she says is, "quote I won that race and I'm grateful, but time after time I have lost. I've lost four women's state championship titles, two All New England awards, and numerous other spots on the podium to male runners. I was bumped to third place. Excuse me, I was bumped to third place in the 55 meter dash in 2019 behind two male runners. With every loss, it gets harder and harder to try again. Uh, later in this article, Jesse Milcher." Chelsea Mitchell writes about the organization in Connecticut that governs the rules here, uh, Connecticut Interscholastic Athletic Conference, or CIAC. And she says, uh, the CIC allows biological males to compete in girls' and women's sports. As a result, two males began racing in girls' track in 2017. In the 2017, 2018, and 2019 seasons alone, these males took 15 women's state championship titles. Uh, later explaining what happened, she writes, that's because males have massive physical advantages. Their bodies are simply bigger and stronger on average than female bodies. It's obvious to every single girl on the track.
1: Yeah. And I think even if you, I mean, this, this, is, this is a consistent trend. I mean, men drive the ball farther than women do in golf. Uh, men hit the ball faster and harder in tennis. Um, you think of any other individual sports um, like this? Male pitch, I mean, males pitch differently, so it's not a good comparison. But yep. there's just there's a lot of different thing events. Wrestling, you would not want a male a male body to wrestle as a woman in women's wrestling. Right. You wouldn't want that. What if I mean? I think there's just there's it's, this is kind of uh, it's it's almost kind of so simple to think through this. Like it's kind of like a duh moment. Like. This seems like a pretty simple, like, where you just, you draw a pretty fine line here, right? And say... Well,
0: a definite line, for sure. Yeah,
1: for sure. And you just say, hey, like... And and I think, I was reading a few articles about this, but that the Olympic Committee has drawn a fine line. That if you biologically are born a male, you have to compete in the male male category, right? You cannot compete as a woman if you identify as a woman. Right. And I think, and I've I, reading a few other, other articles about this. I think, And I think I read an article from Chelsea Mitchell's mom or another mom uh, in regards to this issue that they're even saying, like, hey, it's, you know, whatever you want to identify is fine. Like, I'm not coming down with this sense of, like, you know, no transgender rights whatsoever. I'm going to cut that down. It's just, in, in this particular context, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, because you have to create some fine lines. There are some clear disadvantages that as the article says like it's just it's apparent just through the naked eye that these males that are identifying as women are bigger than we are and they're faster than we are and there's nothing we can do to compete against it it's not like we can work harder uh, or, or work out better or do some other techniques to somehow com- to, able to narrow that gap right. it is what it is and and it's really unfortunate and I think it's I think it's upsetting and sad that States like Connecticut and others are using high school sports as a way of identity politics. It's just unfortunate because you're what you're thinking. All you're doing is you're focusing on the transgender's and all their rights, but you're not even in identifying the the consequences when it comes to especially women in their sports. Because I mean, I think what the argument is it's a Title IX issue that they should be able to compete, but. Title IX was put in there for women to have equal right. and fair uh, means of competing as men do. Right. And so it's not just men competing in sports. And so at the University of Tennessee or IU or Kentucky, you have to set have the same amount of women's sports to men's sports. Money has to be equally shared to women's sports and to men's sports. That's why when football gets all these scholarships, that's why there's softball scholarships. Right. Because there has to be equal scholarships across the board. A university can't just go, well, these sports make more money, so we're going to give them all the money and resources, and the women aren't going to get anything. That's not how it works legally. Right. And so Title IX was used to help give women equal equal part. Now they're basically pulling that out from underneath them and saying, by the way, if a guy or a, man, a boy uh, says, I want to identify as a woman now, we are now going to let them compete
0: as a woman. Right.
1: How is that fared to Title IX?
0: Well, it, so... Based upon the biology that we've been talking about, the, the clear direct outcome is men's sports for men and young men, women's sports for women and young women. That, that is where that came from. How did we get here? I was thinking a lot about uh, this and why we have arrived at this place this quickly. And a, two forces, uh, I really think, there, there are quite a few forces at play, but two big ideas. And one is progressivism. Right. okay for people to be happy uh, what 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 is it well they have to then define themselves and seek happiness however they want to get it because then the second big idea is uh, the autonomous self right. this idea that well you have to self determine you have to then make your own way and determine your own happiness but the putting those those two ideas together progressivism that we we want uh, some idea here of increasing freedom and and uh, I, I will use air quotes for that because in, in, in this regard, this is not increasing freedom mm-hmm. to say to someone, if you want to define yourself as a different gender, you can then gain self-actualization right. by competing against people right. who you have an unfair advantage right. against and then winning. Right. Look, winning feels good to everybody, but right. this is not a fair fight. Right. It's not. And so in in regard to progressivism, one, I think you have to ask a lot of questions about, is this really human progress? Right. And, and I don't think that it is. But then secondly, in regard to autonomous individualism, can people decide for themselves, oh, I am a different gender than biologically, uh, I, the, than the chromosomes I biologically have? Uh, no, I don't believe that you can do that. Right. And I don't believe that's good for your flourishing. I don't think happiness will be found there. It certainly does not promote the general welfare. What, the end result of this is nothing but this. The end result of allowing anyone to determine uh, their own gender, especially in regard to sports, is you're going to have males who want to continue identifying as males do male sports and you're going to have domination by males who don't want to identify as males who want to identify as females will dominate female sports right and what you will have then you you will functionally have two different uh, groups competing still but they will both have male chromosomes right that is that is the end result right and, and
1: and therefore breaking timeline i mean therefore there is no fair women's sports to male sports right it's you failed at being able to follow through right. on that on that, that important law that gives women equal equal treatment when it comes to sports. So it's not male-dominated and like all the money goes to male sports, and yet that women also are supported, and mm-hmm. they are given advantages to improve and become professional in their own uh, skill sets and okay. things like that. They get coaching. They get – nutrition they get uh physical therapists and right. things like that you know it's not just men who get all these things because they're better and they're faster and they make more money yeah. uh, and i think that is a good thing i mean let's see for someone who went to tennessee we had one of the greatest women's basketball programs ever you know our women's basketball team won national championships and they were they're very successful and we were proud of them right and what did they do they got they got resources they had great coaching they had great nutrition yep. And before Title IX, they got nothing. Right. Like, they got nothing. And so I think it's a good thing.
0: So, right, and this is at the personal level. And, and so that I, I just – I believe that is true at the personal level. If you have familiarity with what this sport is, there is there is no part of track and field that is different. It is, it is not as if um, – this issue is different whether you're throwing the shot put, right. high jump. It's, it, it is it is an advantage to have a male body. Cross whatever board. you're talking about, um, but just then, look at
1: times. Go online and look at times. Yeah, you can look at times and distances and all these events. And yep. it's almost it's clearly shown that men do the javelin farther, they throw the shot put farther, right. they they run the sprints faster, they run the
0: distance races faster. Right.
1: World records just show it. It's pretty right. clear. It would
0: probably be most interesting for you, wherever you are, look up local results. I mean, a track season has just finished for this year. You could look up state results. You could could look up sectional results. You could look up regional results. You could look up conference results. Whatever, because this matters at the local level. Mm -hmm. It matters at the regional level. It matters at the state level, and it matters at the national level, that you, you have to think about this in very clear terms. this is the ruin of female sports it is it, 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 it's it's just not uh, appropriate it, nope. it it is not just equitable or fair right it, it, it it's It's just not that way um i mean you have a daughter, I yep. will soon have a daughter yep. what i i, I want,
1: and my daughter's really fast really yes, and I can see her running track she's got long legs right. I can see her like if she Enjoys that, and she does that. I can see her being really good at it. Right. Um, she's got bloodline. That's. I mean, I was a really good runner, yep. and and so. But as a as a parent, I feel for these parents who yep. watching these kids. Let's the high school level, because yep. at the high school level. It's different when you're a young kid. Like it's fun. Yep. You're competing. You're not really winning anything significant, right? Even and what, the I high mean, school level, it's different. I mean, you're competing not just for state titles. You're you're competing for scholarships to college, right? That and, has a lot,
0: and that's true. That and and this is, I mean, there. This is one of those cases that you can observe this so clearly. So, for instance, uh, my my older son right now is five. Uh, how old is Maggie? How old is you? Seven. So she's seven. Look. Uh, Maggie being older is probably faster than yeah. Cooper right now. But really, children pre-puberty are generally about the same they speed. Are. A lot of just they basic are. genetics is right. at play. Because women's
1: bodies, have, they haven't changed. Right. B-
0: Before puberty, as, as, as everyone is aware, uh, boys' bodies and girls' bodies, length of legs, yeah, muscle body, mass, yeah. are not that different right. until puberty. Right. But at puberty, you begin to have massive changes in muscle mass. Look, women gain fat, especially in certain areas, because of what it means to be human, and that all of this affects this issue of your speed. Um, And so that issue is right there, but we talked about the personal level. This has to be considered at the organizational level as well, because what she says next is, quote, but Connecticut officials are determined to ignore the obvious, and unfortunately, a federal district court recently dismissed our case. The court's decision to do so tells women and girls that their feelings and opportunities don't matter and that they can't expect anyone to stand up for their dignity and what's right. Uh, That's wrong, she says, and it chips away at women's confidence and our belief in our own abilities. It happened. It's happened to me over and over. Every time I walk up to the starting line, I try to tell myself that I can overcome the unfair odds. I can win, even though the race is stacked against me." So look, at the organizational level, one, this, this has gotten this way because, say, athletic directors, people who run uh, track programs uh, at, the say, the high school level, have the authority to determine how they operate. Right. Um, that, coupled with, with what we've already talked about, that these basic ideas of progressivism and kind of individual autonomous self mean that a lot of these athletic directors have gone, well, let it be. In a pluralistic society, uh, we, we, are, we are not yet, I, I see coming a day when we do acknowledge we are genuinely in a pluralistic society where, look, We don't have uh, a state religion, but nor are we secular humanists, one and all. And it seems that this development of secular humanism, which is the triumph of the autonomous self, is dominating every other idea, but it's now becoming toxic to to the culture at large. I mean, this is a great example of how it's becoming toxic, because this is the end of women's sports. And that, can't, that should not be allowed. That is a loss for yep. this country and a loss for the world. Right. Listen, I mean, sports, athletics, movement is a gift of God. Uh, the reason I still run is because it clears my mind. It is good for me. Uh, it, it, it makes me feel better and have higher energy in my whole life. It it is a human good to to be able to do things with your body is a a human good. And we want to celebrate that for men and women. Um, So organizationally, in a pluralistic society, the only thing I can come up with is these sorts of things. If we really think the will of the people is for it to be this way, then it needs to go to a vote in every county. It cannot be left right. to say uh, whoever is the athletic director at the high school to go, well, I think this is fair, and so therefore, I'm just going to do it. Um, yeah. I, I, it is not just if it does happen this way, I will maintain that, but still yet, in a pluralistic society, in a democratic society, if we really think this, that the, the equitable course is what is currently taking place in Connecticut, then let it go to a vote. Right.
1: Nor do I think it's helpful to have, that's where like federal leadership is helpful mm-hmm. in these matters, where you're not thinking the problem though, at that level though is that you have politicians that are trying to win favor with certain groups of people, and so they're not um, they're partial, you know, they're, 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 they're going to be biased yep. in these type of decision making, but, and again that's when courts come in in these type of issues, but it's 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 just not helpful when you have an X amount of states who are left leaning and, and are identifying with progressive autonomy and saying okay we're going to do this, and then you have other states that are like Florida came out recently and that the, the and re- kind of restricted this type of thing mm-hmm. where you have to be biologically a male or biologically female mm-hmm. to compete in these big sports. So you have other states doing the opposite. So in the United States, you have fifty different states, and and all and fifty of them are making a different decision on this particular issue. Yeah. You know, it's like how can you even have like so like it gets into issues like all right then you get into the college level and colleges are competing against one another mm-hmm. right in different states. So you yeah. have Tennessee competing yeah. against say uh, say Tennessee plays football and this year against Pittsburgh, which mm-hmm. is in a Pennsylvania northern state. That's when it gets, starts to get really complicated and like so you have different states with different viewpoints on this. How can you even compete when you have right. different states that, right. that, that, that have a different view? And then you have a Olympic level, an international level. Right. And so is, like, the United States going to have one view and then, say, like, France is going to have a different view? Right. Well, then you can't have legitimate competition yeah. on issues like this. Like, the whole thing falls. False. It's false. Yeah. The only only way I think that you can you can create some sense of order to this – is you have to draw a fine line, and then potentially, you bring in the idea that if you are a transgender, you have to take hormones to literally start changing yourself from a hormonal st- standpoint, um, or you create a complete class altogether for transgender females or, or men who have become females compete one against one another. Like, I don't know any other way you could possibly do it cuz this is unworkable. Like right. it's unworkable. It and I think I think yeah, democratically just put it up to a vote right. and say, "Hey, this is what's what do the people think?" Yeah. Um I think like, that would probably I think what you'll you'll find, you'll probably find more, some more surprising
0: results. Right. And and you know, if that does happen, uh whatever yeah. the outcome is, that was the way it would be. Now, given the tendencies of uh, American people, I can tell you that either that will happen or it will be in the interests of biological females to drop out and create their own uh, functionally, they would be sort of intramural kind of
1: I'm not sure how they, yeah. Or they compete against each other, like in a more like Northeastern high schools will compete. I think if you're going to create, if you're going to think of this as a a separate gender category, Hmm. then you then have to create a separate gender competition category. I think that's the only way you could possibly do this in a way that's fair across the board. Because, I I mean, I I think we have to understand, and I understand, like, Maybe where a lot of these uh, governors or leaders in certain states, states like Connecticut, they're thinking, well, they we can't leave them out. Mm-hmm. They have to be included. Okay, that's fine. If that's a value, you want to make sure they're included. I think that's fair and good. Mm-hmm. But this is not a solution. Right. It's not a proper solution, right. and it's not workable. So creating a separate category, right. I think, is the only way to to do this in a way that is inclusive and affirming while not basically destroying women's sports.
0: Right, because to to sort of flesh out, I mean, you are operating from a uh – not surprisingly, a biblical model of of sports, because here's the basic idea. Um, So for instance, a few years ago, there was a a story I remember reading about how Serena Williams, the famed tennis player, had, for a woman, high testosterone levels. And look, she's a very muscular person. And people were saying- she's very good. (laughs) Yes, and she's incredibly good, as is her sister, Venus. They have traded, for years, they traded tennis championships, uh, world championships. And so you have this question, well- what does that mean right. that she has uh, higher testosterone levels than, say, the average woman? Well, what that means is, in the Christian worldview and then the basic uh, biblical worldview, what we believe is handed down, is that God makes male and female. And within that range, there is—within oh, yeah. that gender, each one, there is a range sure. of uh, yeah. hormone levels. and And functionally, you do have— the simple fact that higher testosterone means, in, in, in general, you can't. I don't want to oversimplify because there are a lot of factors, but in, in general, higher testosterone means stronger muscles, a stronger frame. But you still have this basic fact. One, Serena Williams and Venus Williams were born women. Mm-hmm. They compete against other women mm-hmm. in tennis, mm-hmm. where many of the same factors are at play that we've been talking about. And you still, one of the great things about sports is that Mind over matter is still an element. Training is still an element. Mm-hmm. So competing against other women is a fair game. It is. Competing against men is not a fair game because of the gulf, especially at that highest level that exists. Yeah. Uh, and, and so this is why it has been this way. This is why sports have been done this way and it's orderly. for so long. And it's it is.
1: And it's, it's fair. I mean, yes, Serena Williams has... Has dominated women's tennis for a long time, um, but like you said, she's born a woman, and yes, she's more muscular than other women, but yet still a woman. Actually got married, had a child, you know. So it's obviously she's a woman, right? Um, and but yet she has lost at times. She right. hasn't like she's right. won every match she's ever right. competed in. Right. Um, and but she's not competed against men now. Right. She could have, I mean, I know that there's been golfers, women golfers that have competed against men. Sure. Now, we've never seen a woman win a golf tournament. Yeah. So those women, what do they do? They don't compete with men regularly. Right. They compete with women and do fairly well. They're very successful. Right. Um, Serena Williams could have probably have been in a few men's tournaments. and maybe she had won a few sure. matches and things like that, and we wouldn't, like, okay, she's really good. But she wouldn't regularly win those matches, okay. and therefore she doesn't compete in them, right? right. It's not to her benefit. And so, um, but it'd have been the difference if, say, uh, kind of a low level, low low layer uh, professional tennis player said, so "I'm not winning in the male one, so I'll identify as a woman and then compete with women." Right. And now they're winning, right. and consistently winning. Right. That's not fair. Right. Like, yeah. and nowhere in anyone is that orderly. Right. It's 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 chaotic, and um, not fair to the women who've trained really hard and and have have gotten in shape and have gotten very good at their skill. And now in a situation where it doesn't matter how much better they get, they're never going to be able to consistently beat a male professional who's stronger, right. faster, and just going to be able to beat them.
0: Right. And so then it's important to then come back to what you just said, that you either have a basic sort of, uh, a or B uh, vote, or the option that you suggested, which is, do we then want to create a new category for transgender athletes and then have male athletics, transgender athletics, and female athletics? Here is, here is what is genuinely concerning about this issue. Those, these are questions that we can ask. Right. These, these, are, these are, what is needed right now is to look these issues straight on and go, all right, this is a pluralistic society. Mm -hmm. How will we handle this? Unfortunately, the last turn of this story is a very strange turn because, uh, quote, after public pressure from the LGBTQ community and the transgender community in particular, USA Today retroactively changed the text of Chelsea Mitchell's article so that any place where she mentioned males— Those are her words. Right, those are her words that she wrote in. In an op-ed, and, and look, this is not typical of an op-ed for USA Today, who is very supportive in general of uh, the transgender movement. But she has she has a definite story to tell that is very important for this moment right. in American history, right. in the history of sports, yeah. uh, and and and, and, for, and schooling, and and uh, they changed any time, any place she had used the word males and, and what it said was quote this column has been updated to reflect the USA Today USA Today's standards and style guidelines. We regret that hurtful language was used. And it this is just we cannot get to the point to where it is hurtful to use the term males. And they literally are claiming that the hurtful language was males. It was anytime referring to The biological body as a male. And here's the issue. Look, I understand that everyone will not become a Christian. Right. Uh, I I do not intend, and nor does any Christian that I know intend to forcibly convert anyone. Right. However, there are plenty of people, and there will be plenty of people for the rest of history that say, if you were born a male, you're a male. I I do not intend that to be hurtful to anyone, but look. The truth is the truth, right. and if if you believe there is a different truth than that, that is your right. Right. But you cannot force that on someone else. No. And we then have to learn to have a pluralistic society and even pluralistic communities where we look at people and go, look, we disagree about fundamental issues, but I will respect you. I hear you when you say you disagree with me. Yeah. I disagree with you as well. Right. And, and that is what – here's what is sad about where we are right now. Originally, uh, liberalism, political liberalism, John Locke, uh, the, yeah. the philosophical roots of political liberalism, had a term called tolerance. And what tolerance meant was we do not agree on everything, but right. I will respect you. I will hear you out. You will offer your arguments. I will offer mine. Then in a democratic society, it goes to a vote, and the outcome is what it is. Right. And then we learn, how do we have community based upon our differences? Right. We, we became accustomed in our communities of not too much difference. And in a lot of our communities, there is not too much difference. The strangest thing right now for the United States of America is that it looks like what the future means is that more polarization, more red states getting redder, blue states getting bluer. Right. And we have got to figure out how to have a pluralistic society, how to literally have respect for each other, how to carry on that original idea of tolerance. Uh, because this strange uh, false idea of tolerance that we have now is that tolerance can mean everybody's right. Well, that's the, yeah. everybody can not be right. right. The truth is the truth. Right. Right. We can disagree about what the truth is, but we all ought to agree that we're going to go seek the truth. We're going to seek a just society, and we're going to continue to engage about what that might be. And and this is what's dangerous about this idea uh, of not writing a person's words as they are written. Especially, I mean, when those words are very basic, like male and female. Yeah. This is what she is experiencing, and this will be in part. uh, This this is a part of the story uh, of her life that she will get a college scholarship or not based upon her performance in regard to these. And future young women will or won't because of their performance on these matters. Um, We want a just, fair, and equitable society, but we've got to work on that. That is a project right now that needs work, and it cannot just be uh, overseen and driven by fiat, by someone's uh, knee-jerk reaction to assumed Ideas, especially mm-hmm. ideas that are as unclear as progressivism in this regard, and these ideas about individual autonomy. It is it yeah. is not clear, nor is it functioning in this way.
1: I think you know. I was reading a book recently that you know politics, you know, is a. I know Aristotle writes about politics. Is is its relationship setting? It 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 creates how do we as citizens interact with one another in a just way so that i don't just murder you you know right. just because i want to and then there's no consequences for it right uh, i can't just walk into your house and take whatever i want and walk right back out yeah. and say you know whatever uh, i'm doing what i want like the gov- the pol- politically it rest- it restricts what i can do to yeah. another human being it it creates boundaries it creates space and areas for us to interact so that we're not running all over each other, right? There's just an order to to the way that we do society. This this like this is basic stuff. You know, you when you have the political establishment creating disorder with terminology of like male and female, it creates chaos in relationships where like a woman, a, a young woman who's asked to write an op-ed about her experience, writes it and is truthful in her words and yet you restrict, you take out basic terminology. Right. Um, and, when, and, I, and I think this is where I, I think this is what drives people crazy, about President, President Biden especially, is that he's entered himself into these discussions saying, this is what I believe and what I think. You see, the President of the United States who's feeding more disorder by saying terminologies like male and female and what, who, can, who can compete in a female... Uh, competition, who could compete in a male competition, mm-hmm. it creates disorder, and it creates where societal level areas, where there's complete chaos. Mm-hmm. And so how can we possibly have relationships as citizens if we can't even use basic terminology? Right. We, when a governing board realized that the president of the United States is vis- uh, verbally telling you what he thinks about something like this, mm-hmm. this is an issue about in Connecticut. The president had no, no business saying anything about this. But yet presents his view on this, and there's therefore sort of, well, that that we can even say that the president of the United States, the highest office in the in the land, actually can we can all can can go and go okay we there's certain terminologies that we can all know what they are factually. No, we can't even go off that anymore, and and I think that it's unfortunate because I don't even know how common citizens are able to even interact anymore yeah. um, where it's a certain simple things are so are now are in, in flux and in fluid fluidity and i think it's going to create further and further damage in society if if there's if there's an inability and a fear of using basic terminology right. and if it's fear i mean usa today that that's a fear thing out of out of outrage by a group of people we therefore decided today they obviously had no problems with it when they published it right but yet when this outrage happened on Twitter or wherever it came from, they then quickly went to change it. Okay. And there has to be some type of – there has to be some basics of, 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 of verbi- verbiage or vocabulary or how we're going to start talking and, and addressing with ourselves because the political order is not helping us. Right, And that's what their job is, is right. to help us have – Relationships with one another, and when that's in chaos and in flux, then it's going to be flux on the on the main street level, right. and these type of issues are going to keep popping up.
0: Right, right. You know, so the reason that we uh, address this in a lot of ways, these issues that are are dealt with, they they operate at such a foundational level mm-hmm. that you have to think religiously in some ways to understand what you're dealing with. Because right. one claim that is present in, in, for instance, transgender identity, there's a claim of uh, the knowledge of who I am is inherent within me. And, and, and this is, I mean, in the first century, a uh, popular idea system was called Gnosticism, mm-hmm. that secret knowledge of the universe resided within certain people. Right. And here's the thing, for the whole of human history... The identity of a person was found in the community that they lived in. It is no coincidence that now that the world is considered your community because of mass communication, because of the internet, because of social media, it is creating all kinds of new ideas about how identity can be manifested. It is not self-evident that you can just whole cloth invent your identity, right. that you, that each individual holds the secret knowledge yeah. of who they are, right. nor, here's the here's the issue, nor is it self-evident that if you do that, that attains happiness. Right. The, it, the, the suicide rates among the transgender community are very high and as grievous to me. Right. Yeah, and believe absolutely. me, they're, in discussing this, there's no desire on either of right. our parts right. to lay a heavier burden. Right. Well, the, here's the issue, though. It is not... I do not believe in any part of my being that it helps someone to say, invent your own identity, go find some community that will accept you, and then live fruitfully. Look, you cannot just change your identity in in some sort of erratic way or in any inexplicable, you know, not understandable to other people, and then expect just day by day, all the people around me will be up to date on who I've decided I am and how I'm going to operate. Look, community has never worked that way, and it will not work that way. We have to have stability right. within ourselves and within our communities. And that's as adults, much less children. Right. And that's where this issue comes in. We know. I mean, uh, we've talked about parenting in the last few weeks. We know that children need stability in the home. We, we have known this for years right, and years right, and we right. see we are in a lot of ways afraid as parents to have instability we're afraid to come down too hard on our kids yeah. and we're living through this era of participation trophies and all these things we talked right. about a few podcasts back right children do need stability human beings need stability in community and identity and this is fundamental we're gonna have to I, I have a feeling we're gonna have to rediscover this but this is evidence right here that we have to discover it right now in this area
1: yeah and I don't I you know it's just so much to ask for a, an 18, 16, 17-year-old, even a little bit older, to say, you know, you just determine what your identity is. It's so – I mean, it's, you know, as, as males, there's so much that come out of that, right? Yep. There's a lot about us that come out of being males. Now, I, I think – I do don't – I don't particularly like, though – we've talked about this before. I don't like the preferences, like, well, males – like to get their hands dirty and they right, like to get right, all right, head to right. toe. Some money. of it's I, oversimplified. It's yes. oversimplified. I, I, and as someone who, you know, I'm like Jerry Seinfeld. I like to, you know, I like, I like to keep a neat place and and uh, I, you know, I like to look nice. A lot of times, I'm not a shorts and gym shorts and tennis shoe kind of guy. Um, and I don't particularly like that. You know, preferences or thrown not. I think girls can like sports. I think girls can like hunting. I think girls can wear camouflage. Right, I mean. Right. All that stuff, girls can wear boots. Like, sure. that stuff is all, like, that stuff is just ridiculous. It's yep. not biblical. Yep. And I think that a lot of times those are the things where a lot of times we you know, those get into into this. Like, well, I identify as a male because I like NASCAR. It's like, well, you can like NASCAR as a woman. Right, like, right. It's not, like, I don't right. like this. It's not, it's not healthy. Um, and I think that, you know, when it comes to simple things of, like, well, I'm a boy or I'm a man, and therefore – It's like where you start, baseline, right? Uh, It's hard to go, okay, I'm going to wipe that clean, and I'm going to start anew. And I identify as a female, even though that's not what you are. And you have to then start creating this identity. That is so much. And then when you you get, when people reject that, I mean, that is hurtful. Mm -hmm. I get it. It's hurtful. Man, you're asking a whole society to accept your identity that you created Mm -hmm. Out of your own kind of mind and out of, uh, out of your own kind of desires, and and say, "Oh, this is who I am." Accept me. Hmm. And that's so much to ask, and I, I think it's it's not it's not loving to say, "Hey, you just identify with whatever you want. You create who you want. You be autonomous, yeah. and you just be you." That's just unloving to say that because that's not what's best for them. That's right. not who God created them to be. And God, as, as the creator and their Lord, wants them to flourish in who he created them to be, which starts ultimately being an image-bearer of God, then right. actually is where your gender is. It doesn't actually right. start there. And that God doesn't make a mistake. He never makes a mistake. You are not a mistake. Right. Um, and, and glorify God. And the things that God has provided you, whether it be skill sets or strengths or loves, that like you love certain things, enjoy those things unashamedly. Right. Right and and if the world says, well, you're acting like a girl because you like you like uh, dancing or stuff like that's the world's right. judgment. That's right. the God's
0: right. Because and The world and, is far
1: more far more restrictive, and the world is far more um, judgmental yeah. than actually the God of the, of the universe.
0: Right, and and so the last thing that I have then is uh, I do encourage everyone to as in any way that you want get into running, yeah. get into walking. It is one of the most Peaceful experience. I know for people who have never been into running, that sounds crazy, but it clears my mind. It helps me to feel better. I like to start my day. Uh, I, I try to run three times a week. I feel better because of it. It increases my energy. I think running is one of these purest experiences of learning to push yourself, uh, of learning the limits of mind over matter, because This concept of mind over matter is is one of these things that seems so abstract, but listen, it becomes concrete very quickly when you are just pushing yourself for, say, 15, 20, 30 minutes running because your mind will push your body, but your body will push back, and matter will assert itself, and however that day, however much you feel able to push... Your body will push back, and there will be a result of that physical result of that time that says, "This is how you did today." Yeah. Is one of the most um, interesting experiences about this this very fundamental human thing, which is, yeah, there there is such a thing as uh, you your kind of inner self being able to assert, kind of and push your physical self, yeah. but then. There are limits, and it and it's it's an amazing thing. I I can't get over it, and that's why I'm still uh, into it to this day.
1: Yeah, there's some uh, running. I don't run as much as I used to. You you used to run like every day, and you had long workouts that you would do. And my favorite aspect about running is the community aspect of it because there is there's certain uh, you know this is how the world works kind of things. Um, You're accepted into the club Mm -hmm. when people know oh you're also a runner like Mm -hmm. that is an accepted club because There is a certain element of you are crazy because you're doing something that hurts
0: yeah
1: it is a painful experience that's the whole point of it, and then at the end of it there is a there is a high yeah, sure. that you get that's the whole thing you you go through pain mm. to then you get a high in a mm. sense where it feels very good like there's a certain joy that you get, but mm. you run the more you run, the more you will go further and the more you will. Challenge yourself, and the more joy you get out of it. And that's yeah. kind of how it works. but then when you do it with other people and they also suffer the same way, and they also get the same joy there is a very much yep. a joyful yep. co- combination of that and and they the, so there is a uh, so the guys that you ran with and you would go through these do these workouts you're like exhausted and you're hurting like there's a certain like friendship oh, that, yeah. you, that you that you build by that, and even when you have competitors that you run against that are competing against you there's a certain like unwritten or kind of unspoken respect for them because they have chosen this crazy sport mm-hmm. where they don't have a ball and there's no scores on the board. You just start at a line mm-hmm. you shoot off a gun and you go as fast as you can to the end of that run and you're like vomiting and puking and you're, you're just hurting. But you're like, I'm going to do this because, and I'm voluntarily doing this. So it's not like no one's, and you don't make any money. Runners don't make a ton of money. Like right. some of them may get sponsorships. You do this because you just enjoy running, Right. right? And I think there's a certain respect that you get as a runner yeah. that you're at a part of a little bit like a club, mm-hmm. and and there's a certain brotherhood, a sisters, definite camaraderie. Yeah, and I think it's the it's the it's the experience of pain, mm-hmm. and and then the joy that after you've run, that you've gone x amount of distance, that mm-hmm. you've. Uh, run certain some trails trail i think trail running is my favorite thing Mm -hmm. i love trail running i run you're in the trees, beautiful scenery Mm -hmm. um and you're running up hills or whatever you're doing and you get to the end of this trail maybe it's a beautiful uh scenery you see or whatever it is and you're like wow that was that was a good use of my time Mm -hmm. like you never would say i was a waste of my time i don't think i've ever said running that was a waste of my time um and so yeah Yep. And so running, is, I, I enjoy the article because it's about running. Unfortunately, this is a topic that I think is become, become a growing issue in high school sports and children's sports. Yeah. You know, your kids may play sports and this may be an issue that comes forward in, in different sporting like soccer or baseball or track or whatever it is. And I think this issue, is, while it's, it's all the way up in the Northeast, it seems very, oh, it's a liberal, progressive land, it's not big surprising. Eventually, these issues are going to kind of filter down into the Midwest and That's the true. South. And maybe these issues have become far more real to some of the people listening to this. And I think it's important to be able to, be able to confidently say what is true, what is biblical, and not feel ashamed about it. Right. And realize that people may think you're a bigot. They may think, well, you're just close-minded and you're, uh, you're a, a Bible thumper and this type of thing. Um, and at the end of the day, though, the most loving thing that you can do is to speak the truth to people and doing it in a loving way. We don't do it standing on the, on the streets with signs and say, you're going to hell because you don't want to be a male, or whatever it is, or you don't want to be a female. Instead, we want to personally be involved in people's lives and and preach and teach the truth to them and show the love of Christ to them and and, and it may hopefully some of these 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 individuals will see the love of Christ and their lives are transformed. So that's all yeah.
0: Yep. So. This has been Empires of the Future. And we will see you in the future.